Peace, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Corner Store Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. Excited to introduce our guest. Before I do, want to let you know that we have recently reconfigured ourselves on Apple Music. So please uh, resubscribe to the Corner Store Podcast with my name, Kevin Koval, on Apple Music. You could stream us everywhere and anywhere podcasts are streamed. Consider rating and subscribing. I'm excited to introduce today's guest. We have someone who is on a tear, uh, Mr. Adidas himself, really, and one of the four fat tigers, uh, someone who has consistently put on for the culture of the city, Chicago and beyond. We have Mr. Vic Lloyd in the building, sir. Yo, good. How are you, man? I'm amazing. Amazing. Um, I'm catching you at the driving range. Are you a are you a golfer? Uh, it has become my new quarantine passion. Word. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I used to golf when I was a kid, but I never really took it that serious. I was a golf caddy at Jackson Park on the south side. Never really took it that serious. Um, with the quarantine, nothing much going on. Uh, my homie gave me some clubs, picked them up. We started playing every Thursday. Been playing every Thursday ever since, so... And, and what do you what do you like? It's a, it's a very hard sport or game. What, what do you like about it? Uh, I like the process. I tell people at my age, I'm not going to get any better at basketball, football, baseball, none of those things. But at golf, it's a new journey. Like you know, what I'm saying it's something that I can work at and get better at. You know, every week. So I like that. Right. And I was going to mention hoops because I know you are you're a serious hooper. Yeah, I was in a league right before quarantine hit. So. Uh, we was we was zero and three, you know. what I'm saying we was looking to turn that around, but then we got shut down, uh, and the league was over with. So right, right. Well, uh, what what else have you have you picked up um, during quarantine? You've you've been very busy during quarantine. You dropped a whole Adidas sneaker during uh, quarantine. Yeah. So the whole thing with the Adidas sneaker, that sneaker was supposed to come out with my other sneaker during All Star Weekend, but they had a different story they wanted to tell with the form. They're more so centered around 2021. So they wanted the shoe to come out closer to 2021. So um, what I decided to do, since we really couldn't do any events or anything like that big, I decided to do basically what I call a homegrown release. Um, take it on my myself, shoot some content, shoot the lookbook, um, and kind of just put it out here and see how people reacted to it. So with that is, we're looking to do a bigger release with the shoe. We have another set of pairs that we're going to do a wider release with uh, in 2021, hopefully when things uh, open back up a little bit more. So I'm excited about that too. Yeah, well, congratulations, man. You you really do stay innovating and kind of circumnavigating the traditional industry in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, that that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, uh, where, where, where does that come from in you? Uh, I'm a hustler, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I, I, I moved to Chicago well, I was born in Chicago, but I lived with my mom in Kansas, so I was 10. Then I moved back to Chicago to stay with my dad. My dad was an entrepreneur, a hustler, you know what I'm saying? And I always had that spirit. I always wanted to do my own thing. Um, but, you know, I was blessed enough to uh, get to learn for another company for 10 years, which was Leaders. So I got to learn and run that company for 10 years before I really got out here and stepped out on my own. But I always, you know, been doing my thing as far as events and DJing, just always just trying to, uh, you know, make Chicago proud. That's always been my thing. Nice. Is I wanted to make the city proud. 
No, and and you certainly do, man. Yeah, you you wear a lot of hats. Um, before before leaders, when when at what point did you start paying attention to 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 fits to to how how you looked or how people around you looked? Uh, it was always a thing. Um, when I moved to Chicago, the one thing that changed for me is uh, I went to private school here, so we had uniforms. So. The one thing that, you know, some people didn't like uniforms. One thing I liked about uniforms is I used to get to go crazy with my weekend fits because I didn't have to have clothes for all the other days. That's were the same thing. So I always put together these outfits. Like, that was always my thing. So I went, I went shopping every weekend. Like, yeah. How, how, how old when you started to kind of go wild with the weekend fit? Like probably thirteen, fourteen, and and what what uh, who what, what what were you wearing at the time, or who were you influenced by, or looking at? Where you're like, yo, that looks dope. I want to try to. So I always tell people that really my style was influenced by uh, if Wu Tang and Nirvana went to high school together. <laughs> that's kind of the bag of tricks as far as like how I dress. I feel like that's like the thing. Like you know, what I'm saying. A little bit of grunge, a little bit of hip hop, you know what I'm saying? But I turn it into this, you know, ends up being all me. So it kind of has always been my thing a little hood, a little preppy, but like a nice mix. Yeah, that that's it's funny because, you know, years later, that seems to be almost like the mainstream style for a kind of, of rapper or kind of, you know, or, or something that seems very popular in culture, but you were, you know, 20 years ahead of the curve or something like that. Yeah. Like my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is no surprise. So, all right. So you started to go wild in, on the weekends. Uh, where were you going and who was recognizing your fits? <laughs> I was just like the mall. You know what I'm saying? Link up with the homies from school. Like, you know, roller rinks was like a thing. And it wasn't like really, I guess until high school, like when you start really being able to go to parties for real, that it was like, oh man, we getting dressed. Like, you know what I'm saying? And going out, you know, we like, so I'll probably say high school when it's like, oh man, uh, <laughs> oh dude can dress. Like, right. And and where, where'd you go to high school? I went to St. Rita. Okay. All right. And did yep. you, you play ball? I played ball. But I got injured my junior year, so it kind of uh, ruined my basketball career for that and college. I played baseball, too. Okay. What, what, what was your position in baseball? Shortstop. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, yeah. you, yeah. So, you had, some, you had some range, I guess, in terms of your ability to throw your body around the field. But yeah. So, everybody sees me now. I lost weight, but I was big. So most people didn't know, like, this was the size I was when I was, like, in high school, so. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, of course. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I know, I know you, you've always been quick. I mean, even when, before you lost weight, I know you were very quick with the rock, so. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, I, I wasn't fast. I tell everybody, I wasn't fast, but I was quick. Quick, yeah. I can beat you with the first step. You know what I'm saying? I can get around you. Uh, pretty crafty. <laughs> so, so in high school, when people started to recognize the way you dressed, what did that what did that mean to you or what what did, what did that do to your head? So it made me think I was supposed to be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Of course. So 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 that's kind of the route I took, like, you know what I'm saying, like rapper producer. So that's what I started that's what I started doing first. Like, oh man, I wanna make beats and uh raps. You know what I'm saying? So uh but in high school I ain't gonna lie, I didn't take it serious. I just, me and one of my homies used to go dig for records and mess around in the basement sometimes, but really nothing came of it. 
I really didn't get into the rap game until uh, I was in my 20s. Uh, and that's when uh, me, it was a bunch of us, too many to name, but me and the guys, we started a group called Usual Suspect. Right, okay. Um, yeah. So that was my first like group in hip-hop. And then from Usual Suspects, we had a subgroup. But that's easier to name. It was me, Mike Hundreds, uh, Tony Baines, and Jeff Jones. And that group was called The Boardroom. That kind of in line with my leaders' days. Right. Okay. And and what were you? What role position were you playing in those groups? Um, I was a rapper, but like I told people, it's like I never wanted to be a solo rapper. Like it really wasn't my thing. I enjoyed the getting fits off part of it and kicking it with my boys. Like you know what I'm saying? That was like that was my part of it that I enjoyed, and and I always was into DJing. I just didn't know how to carve a lane for myself in it. And then one day uh, we were doing this little thing with the usual suspects. We had this little account with Sunkiss. We was going around. We had this truck that turned into a stage and a 64 lowrider. It was going around a different place and having to be in an open mic. I DJ for that. It was Dan Prez's DJ, Mike Flo. So when it got slow, Mike Flo would be like, hop on, Vic. I'm going to show you some stuff so you can, you know, you can figure all this DJing stuff out. So I would hop on, he would let me mix, he would give me pointers, you know what I'm saying, all of that. Like, so, I took kind of from there, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, but after that, I decided I wanted to throw parties. Never thought of myself DJing the party. So, you know, um, I used to have Tim Buck DJ, Jay Illa DJ, um, Mustafa Rocks, different DJs DJ the parties. I never was a DJ. Right. But one day, I don't know who I had that was supposed to open up for the party to DJ, they didn't show up. So uh, I didn't bring no records or nothing like that with me. But I said, you know what? I'm going to just fire them. And next week, I'm going to open up. Since I'm going to be here anyway, I'm going to open up. So that basically turned into me DJing, getting gigs to other people. Uh, yeah, and it just kind of snowballed. Right, which of course is something that you still do. And I want to talk about uh, about DJing in, in a pandemic. But um you met, you've mentioned leaders a few times. I know for, yep. for so many, this is a place that has been a, a beginning, you know, for, yep. for so many. Uh, how, did you, how did you come to, to leaders? Like, what was your first experience in getting there? Uh, honestly, it was a spot. One of my homies had told me, oh, man, there's this cool T-shirt spot that kind of opened up. They got, like, samples and stuff like that. You should go check it out. I think you'll like some stuff in there. So I went in there. I met Corey. We kind of talked. We jammed. Uh, so we just started like that started being the spot that uh, me and Mike Hunters would go on Saturday and just hang out and just hang out at the shop, kick it. So eventually, it just being like, oh man, he really really rocked with us. So he had this other business he wanted to start that he brought us into, which was like the clothing wholesale business. So it was us selling brands in other stores. Mm. So that was my original entrance into the clothing game. It wasn't necessarily the retail side; it was the wholesale side, but. Uh, we kind of got hit with some stuff. A couple of those parents went out of business. And he was just like, man, let's just focus all this energy on the store. You know what I'm saying? You got a pretty good eye. I think you could be a good buyer. I think you could pick out good stuff for the store. So, you know, with no training and no stuff like that, Corey trusted me to just go to trade shows and pick out clothes that we put in the store and, you know what I'm saying, sell to people. And I hit a couple of, like, gold hits, like, when I picked stuff and just rocked. And people was rocking with it. So... It just kind of kept going, and that kind of led me into 
like, oh man, we should have a brand for the store. So let's design that. So I became a designer. I had no, like, no experience in that, or no schooling or nothing. It just kind of like out of a necessity, just kind of figured it out. Wow. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, out of necessity comes invention. It seems like you've, you know, you've walked into inventing and reinventing yourself and picking up these trades, DJing, designing, um, the clothing game just through, you know, sheer will in some ways. Yeah, I think it's more so just about like, you know what I'm saying? You know, I came from a family that sacrificed a lot so I could have things that they didn't necessarily have, but I still grew up for. Like, you know what I'm saying? We wasn't rich. <laughs> um, and I felt like I just always had that hustle spirit to how to make something, like how to make something out of nothing. And always just knowing that if you want to have something, you got to kind of work for it. You know what I'm saying? And that ties right back into the Adidas shoe. That was the whole story mm. about it. You know what I'm saying? Is they put the work in and work first. Um, so I always believed in doing that. Yeah, which is which is really a Chicago ethos, I think, in a lot of ways, too. You yeah. know? Um, you, you, you mentioned your family. What did your folks do when you were coming up? Um, so my mother in Kansas, she was a, a, a licensed practical nurse. Um, but it was in Topeka, Kansas, so that wasn't like a great paying job. It was an okay paying job. Single mother, all of that. But uh, I had an older brother who had started getting in trouble because he was nine years older than me. And it was kind of at that point that my mom was kind of like, hey, you should go back to Chicago and be with your dad. And I kind of wanted to be in Chicago because I didn't want to be in Kansas. And in Chicago, uh, my family, uh, they had their own business, like uh, Peachy Tal and Linoli. Like they did floors. Mm. Uh, that was my grandfather's business to pass it down to my dad. But my dad said, you know, he crawled around on his knees so I wouldn't have to. Wow. So, you know what I'm saying? So he didn't want me to take over the business. Although, like, I told him I would love you know, my dad still has the business and still kind of runs it. Uh, he works like two days a week, but nothing crazy. But like I told him I would take it over. I don't necessarily have to do that, but he just, he kind of wants the business to be done with after him. He, you know, yeah, that was always his thing. Yeah. You know, he crawled on floor so I didn't have to. No, that's that's powerful and beautiful. So what do, what do they think then as you start to make your way into... The, the clothing business into the fashion industry. What, what, what did they think about this, about you walking in this direction? Um, very apprehensive at first. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I did really well in school. And so they wanted me to go to college and graduate and do something like one of my uh, cousins went to school and he became a lawyer. And that just never was my aim. I never really was, like, I was good at school. I never liked it. Like, I didn't want to do it no more. Like, you know what I'm saying? I went to college, but it was like, I felt like I was wasting my time. Uh, so eventually I just quit. And that's how I kind of told it. And then once I got into doing it, uh, my family really hated it. And really didn't really embrace it till at Leaders one time, my grandmother picked up a New City newspaper and I was on the cover <laughs> uh, of New City. And she like called me it was just like why didn't you tell her she was on the paper i was like because y'all don't like what i do i didn't think y'all would care mm. she's like this is big i took it to church i showed all my friends you know this is my this is my grandson this is what he's doing uh so once they start seeing this like you know and i never thought that they wouldn't get it because they're consumers like my grandmother and my aunts they shop they spend money like clothing is the biggest business in the, like the biggest business in the world 
Like, I thought that they would be like, oh, man, this is cool that you want to be in this business and figure out how to make money. But now, they're, now fast forward, they're really, really proud of me. I'm really, really happy with all the progress I've made and how I've really made a, a, a lane for myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but yeah, no, like, now it's like they proud. They ask me what, what I got going on, what's new, what's next. You know how the Adidas drop went, stuff like that. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, you're doing high profile things, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure for a parent, for an aunt, for a grandparent, that's something to look at and a little easier to digest than you know selling T-shirts out of a boutique or or, yes. or what have you. So, at what point when you were at Leaders did you know that you wanted to start to do your own thing? And yeah, uh, it just became like creative differences. You know, I kind of had a way that I thought that leaders as a company that we should be moving and kind of coincided with the other things that I was doing anyway, because just kind of at that time, I was getting more popular as a DJ and events. And it was kind of like, hey, man, I'm kind of still in leaders because I love this place, not because I have to be like, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of turned into a thing that uh, uh, we got into a disagreement about me having so much other stuff going on that I wasn't focused on leaders and it just became like just amicably just go our different way okay um, and that basically turned into uh, me, Rello, Joe and Dez knowing that we needed to do something to have a place to kind of sell the things that we were doing anyway right and, and uh, we drove around we found the spot that was in Congress Theater building we we took out a lease out on it and we didn't even know what we were going to call the store at that point. We just had a spot. We just knew we were going to have a spot and we knew that we were going to try to open up on Black Trotter that year. That was 2013. Wow. Right. So literally a week and a half before we opened up, we came up with the name Fat Tiger Workshop. So that's right. And so how did, how did you come up with the name and how did you know how did you know the other guys? So all of us basically had some interactions through leaders. Um, uh, through like Joe, Joe and Terrell even being interns at the shop at one point, then working at the shop also. Then Dez was away at college, but was coming home and he, him and his cousins had a brand and they would come by and chop it up with us. And then he ended up becoming a person that worked with Joe and Rello on the Vita brand. And basically, we just all became, like, super tight. So, uh, that became, like, our crew. We were doing parties together and all that before we even stopped being a leader. So, we already had business together. And how, how did you guys land on that name, Fat Tiger Workshop? Uh, we kind of sat back and tried to name ourselves like we would name a rock band. We, we didn't want the name to be specific or... We wanted to be specific and something you couldn't get confused with saying you're going somewhere else. Like, we didn't want to be like the style shop. Where, oh, man, it might be a million and seven style shop. We wanted to be like, you know, oh, I'm going to Fat Tiger. You know, I'm going to SDW. Like, it's like became a spot and like became like a thing. Yeah. That like kind of stood on its own. Well, it's certainly become that in the seven years that you guys have been together um, as a collective. I mean, yeah. You guys have, and you guys have, you know, you you guys do more than just sell clothing, right? You guys are also a community center. You guys yeah. do literal workshops 
um, you know, for, you know, to educate. Um, has, has this, has that always been the purpose behind what you guys are doing uh, from the beginning? Yeah, I think that th- that was the main reason we opened up an actual spot is because we like the community aspect of having an actual store. Like, some of the stuff we could have just been like, oh man, we just want to be online and we'll sell stuff online and we'll be okay. But the community aspect of it, you don't touch people that way. So having a store became a place, a hub. You know, during COVID, it doesn't exist really anymore, but that's kind of like the whole idea behind it. You wanted to have a place where people could exist and be and interact with it and come and ask questions and come see fabric and touch stuff and, you know, be inspired. That became our whole edge for it. Like, and that's, excuse me, that's always what we wanted to do. And and so, you know, in this time, of course, in, in the last seven years, I mean, Fat Tiger is kind of the go-to shop for Chicago fashion, it seems. Um, and obviously you guys have peers and, but, you know, you guys have our two hour, three hour lines for your drops. You have lines yeah. wrapped around the block. Um, how, how, how does that feel? And, and I guess, I mean, what, I, yeah, how does that feel? Just to, to be the, the spot. Cool. I feel like that means that we do, we're doing our city some justice. That means that there was a need for us. Because that was one of our biggest questions when we originally opened up. Does Chicago need another store? And are, what we're going to add is going to add value to the streetwear landscape. And, you know, quickly we realized that it did. Um, so what we, we made the right decision. is like That's all we wanted to do is just add value to the Chicago landscape. And be another positive uh, example when people look from the outside in and be like, oh, man, these cats is doing it for their city, from their city. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and you, I mean, you guys have had a major impact in the city and, and beyond. I mean, including, you know, you guys have taken the workshop on the road um, yep. to pop ups around the country. Um, and, and, and get a similar response. You know, I, I was at, I was at your, your pop-up in LA during the all-star game weekend. Um, again, you know, it's like it, it, unbelievable, you know, just an unbelievable response anywhere you all touch down. Um, so during, during in shelter, during COVID, how does one then run a, a business, much less a space that is, that does operate as a community center, a place where people come try on, touch, and walk away with gear. Um, I know you guys have been doing a lot of drops, and obviously you've put out a shoe. So, so you know, we we probably were closed longer than most because uh, we did not open back up till July. Uh, part of that was because we got looted, uh, but the other part of that is just making sure we have product and stuff and ready. Uh, but I think with us is that's. That's the new model of what we have to do and be. We have to stay on top of it. We have to keep new stuff. We have to do drops. We have to we have to treat our job like the pandemic isn't going on, but provide a safe space that people can come in and feel safe during the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? So we got, you know, social distancing guidelines. We only have three people in the shop at a time shopping and all that stuff. So to make it work. So um, we really just been focusing on that type of stuff. Right. Nice. And so you you said you said that of course you know the shoe drop the Adidas shoe drop the most recent one is a preview of something larger that we can expect in 2021. Yeah, it's just the same shoe, but we're going to put it on a larger platform and really really tell the story globally. Okay. Wow. Um, the, the Chicago story globally. 
That's great. You know, this was me putting it out to the audience I have with the microphone that I have. You know, when we do this next release, it's going to be with my microphone and Adidas microphone and really, really try to, you know, tell the Chicago story everywhere. Right. Great. Um, well, I, I won't keep you too much longer, man, but what is what is next for you in terms of um, what we can expect? I know, obviously, the shoe's dropping. And also, what's what's next for Fat Tiger? Like, where are you guys headed in the new year and, and beyond? Um, well, with Fat Tiger, you know, staying the course, um, just trying to get through this pandemic and, and figure things out, you know, thinking about possible expansion, all type of things. But we really got to just see how the world is going to be, what's going to happen with the world. But like I say, it's our seven year anniversary, um, you know, dropping a little collection, a couple pieces around that. Um, and then, you know, getting ready for the holiday and then do our usual uh, go on vacation in January, shut down in January. And hopefully when we come back February, maybe things will be a little bit different. OK, good. Um, well, man, thank you so much for spending some time in the corner store today. Where's the best place for people to be in tune with you and all of all of the work that you have? coming out and all the work that you put out in the world uh you can catch me on all social platforms at Vic lloyd my name easy um you can check out what i got going on at fattigerworkshop.com and uh www.ask not ask my bad www.sensei.world word like um that's like everything that i got going on i am Vic lloyd.com i forgot that i got that too so i am Vic lloyd.com um yeah, and just going to try to keep on going forward. I also got the golf thing going, part of this exciting golf company called A18 Golf. So we got some exciting things working in, in the works to do as well. So, yeah, just uh, trying to be as busy as possible. Yeah, man. Well, you stay at it, and it's inspiring. Uh, thank you so much for your time, man. Stay safe, and uh, I hope you get a good break in January. It's well-deserved. So thank you, fam. All right, thank you. I appreciate you. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.